Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. When thinking about your journey towards better health, do you think about water? It's no secret. We know how important it is to drink water, but we often forget to consider the quality and safety of the water we are drinking every day. Research shows that despite where you live, there is a high likelihood your tap water may not be as clean and safe as you think. Clearly Filtered is on a mission to help you and your family stay hydrated, healthy, and safe by providing the best filtered water products on the market today. Clearly Filtered makes insanely powerful water filters that completely blow the competitors out of the water. Clearly Filtered is independently tested and certified to remove over 272 harmful chemicals and toxins found in our drinking water today. They are easy to work with, family-owned, made in the USA, and passionate about trying to help provide us with clean and safe water every day. I love that Clearly Filtered is affordable compared to many other untested alternatives, has portable filtered water products to take on the go, and helps you stay safe and hydrated everywhere. Clearly filtered products are also eco-friendly and can significantly reduce plastic and water waste through their patented filtered technology. Join the tens of thousands of new customers today who have joined Clearly Filtered in the quest for better health through clean and safe water. Go to clearlyfiltered.com and use the code JUSTINGREDIENTS to save 15% off your order today. Taylor Dukes is a wife, a mama to two boys, and a board-certified family nurse practitioner. She owns a wellness center and a functional medicine private practice in Fort Worth, Texas. She approaches health from a root cause perspective. She is passionate about living a non-toxic lifestyle, using food as medicine, and helping others do the same. She has made it her mission to educate, equip, and empower others on how they can live their healthiest lives. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I'm really excited for our guest because it's sort of a unique situation. We were just talking. She is a family nurse practitioner who has her own clinic, but she also is the patient right now as well with a health issue that she is dealing with. And so we get to see both sides of her story today, which I'm really excited about. So thank you for being here, Taylor, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. So will you tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you do as a family nurse practitioner? Of course. So I was once the patient years ago, 10 years ago, I was just a trauma ICU nurse. I did some medical mission trips. I got really sick. And that's kind of what led me to functional and integrative medicine. Um, So I was the patient, the sick patient. I had hormone issues, gut issues, all sorts of things 10 years ago. Um, And that's kind of what led me to this integrative functional medicine approach. So it changed my life, which changed the trajectory of my career. And that's what led me to kind of start my own private practice and a wellness center. And so I live a very healthy lifestyle. You know, I, of course, had that crazy health history, which I think is correlated to what I'm going through now. Um, But yeah, so I do integrative functional medicine. I help people with their hormones, detox pathways, gut health anxiety, depression from a root cause approach. I love it. And I love everything that you teach on Instagram about different health illnesses out there, things like that. And so today, though, I want to talk about your journey that you're going through right now, because I want you to tell the story about finding out that you have a brain tumor. 
Will you tell my listeners how you figured that out? Yeah. So it's a really crazy story. I think every time I tell it, I'm still like, what? This is my story. But so essentially, you know, I do some like education online and a blog and Instagram, and I was gifted a full body preventative scan by a company. Um, It's kind of an MRI technology, no radiation, no dye. And they were like, hey, we would love for you to be able to share this with your followers or your patients. So I was just excited to learn and was like, huh, maybe they'll find an enlarged thyroid. Maybe that will explain why my neck gets tight. So I was just going into it, feeling good, healthy. I'm a young mom of a three-year-old and a one-year-old, was able to conceive very easily, had great postpartum. So here I am healthy going into this scan, not expecting to find anything. Well, they found a brain tumor. And when I got the results, I was like, there's no way. This is not me. This is the wrong patient. Lo and behold, I went to multiple neurosurgeons, got scans, and it was me. I was the patient with the brain tumor. Um, and by God's grace, I had no symptoms at all. But yeah, so that was last September. And it's been about six months, which is crazy to think that that was six months ago. But that's kind of where I am. Wow, that is an incredible story. I know when I heard it, I was shocked. I'm sure many were shocked along with you. So I'm curious, do most people have symptoms that then like take them to the doctor and then they figure out they have a brain tumor? Was it weird that you didn't have any symptoms? Yes, it was very weird. I mean, I'm like this crazy case that people are like, what? So who knows? Maybe my lifestyle kept it at bay. We don't know how long it's been there, but it was a pretty big size. But most people have seizures, recurrent headaches, you know, loss of vision, hearing, balance issues. Sometimes people have personality issues or just things that kind of start like something's not adding up, you know, something you would see on Grey's Anatomy. Um, And so it was crazy when they did, you know, multiple images to confirm what it was, get more details about the tumor. Um, But I had no symptoms. And, you know, when you learn about something, you can kind of get in your head and be like, oh, shoot, maybe that's what I was feeling or that weird eye twitching. Nothing. I had no symptoms. Wow. So I feel very grateful, very unique. But most people, you know, we've had some patients come to my practice because of my story and my practitioners have helped them. And they most of them had seizures. That was their story. So interesting. Okay, so with brain tumors, well, with any tumors, there's obviously benign tumors and malignant tumors. And so is yours malignant? Yes, unfortunately, it is. And the brain tumor of where it's found is kind of crazy. And for those people listening that are not medical, malignant means cancer. Um, I realized I'm like, I just say so many things, you know, that so but the weird thing with my brain tumor is brain tumors, they're classified benign or malignant based off of how quickly they're growing. So if they're slow growing, they're grade one, grade two, if they're quicker growing, they're grade three, grade four. However, most of them are treated like cancer because they keep coming back. The rate of recurrence is very high. So the majority of my brain tumor was grade two, but there were central parts of it that were grade three. So technically I had brain cancer and I say I had it because I really don't believe that I do anymore and I am healed. And so I have to talk that way about it. But um, yeah, so I did have brain cancer. Okay. So I know listeners are like, wow, then what did you do? So did you do exactly what the doctors wanted you to do? Or because you're a nurse practitioner, you went a different route. What did you do? So I was in a very unique situation. I'll go back kind of to the diagnosis and tell kind of the story of leading up to the decisions that I made. And so, and what I did as far as care goes. 
So when I got diagnosed, I was actually at the beach with my family. I was just breastfeeding my eight month old. It started raining. We're like, let's go to the aquarium. And I get an email notification that my Pernuvo results were in. So I go to look it up excited. And I'm like a brain tumor. What? Um, So needless to say, my world was flipped upside down and I had contacted through some like local family friends. You know, we had come back to Fort Worth where we live and got into a neurosurgeon that week. I also had kind of got in touch with an oncologist through mutual family friends, and he had ordered me a repeat MRI and said, you need this before you go to the neurosurgeon with contrast to kind of learn more about it. Do we think it's cancer? Do we not? Um, And so I am so thankful most people have to wait months or, you know, most people have a seizure, go to the emergency room and they don't leave the hospital. They're getting surgery right then and there. And so for me, you know, the neurosurgeon was like, well, it doesn't look like cancer. It's good. You're not, you know, having symptoms. It's probably slow growing. Um, It's probably been there for a while. So he was like, you know, you own multiple businesses, you have young children, just enjoy the holidays. Let's get you scheduled for next year for surgery. So I was in a very unique, in fact, like no one has my story, you know, like Mm -hmm. that you get to like electively schedule a brain surgery. Um, And I really loved my local neurosurgeon. His approach was a little more old school, like pretty invasive. I was going to be spending time in the hospital, a lot more time. And so, and then my oncologist was like, well, you don't need, you know, I don't need you right now. Like essentially I'm not doing chemo or radiation until after surgery, if I even did that. And so he was like, just follow up after you have surgery. And once they get pathology, I was in this very unique situation of like, I don't need surgery now, but I'm going to soon. And also with coming with my integrative and functional background, I'm like, well, I'm not just going to sit and wait to see if I have a seizure. I'm going to do anything and everything I can. So I actually hopped on a plane to Mexico to go to an integrative treatment center there. Um, ozone, hyperbarics, all the things we can get into some of the things that I did later on. And I spent two weeks there doing therapy and treatment. You know, I was doing all sorts of, I'll share my therapies later on, but, um, you know, eating healthy, like I already did. So I really had three to four months to prepare for surgery. Now, In my research, I found um, a neurosurgeon that takes a very integrative approach in Arizona, and he didn't have to shave my head. I mean, (laughs) he he does an amazing job, and he's really big into like lifestyle. And so I just was like, I have peace. This is my person. If insurance works out, I'm going to Arizona. So um, yeah, I did follow through with surgery, and I found my surgeon, and I was like so grateful just to know that like even if it was cancer, he would shoot me straight if I needed chemo and radiation, or he would say, let's try to do a different approach for now. And so I did listen. This is where I'm like, I'm very integrative and functional, but there's a time and place for interventions, you know, and like, we have to be thankful for our medical system that we have access to those things. And so I'm the perfect patient, like you need both. Right. I always advocate for that, that we really do need both. So thank you for saying that, but keep going. Yeah. So that was essentially it. I found my neurosurgeon and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to him and go to Arizona. So it felt really weird to have an elective brain surgery procedure, but that's kind of what I did. And so February 1st of this year, I flew to Arizona and I actually was praying that the brain tumor would just disappear. And that wasn't my story. So I did the MRI the day before pre-op. And then I went ahead with the brain surgery on February 1st. And um, yeah, it's been a miraculous recovery. I was walking six hours after brain surgery. I have no alert neurological deficits. I was actually discharged straight from ICU to go home one out one day later. And so I've wow. had this pretty crazy miraculous recovery, but I really do 
give credit one to the surgeon who's amazing and did an awesome approach. But two, I think a lot of the things I did to prepare my body helps with my recovery and the inflammation and all of that. Right. That's incredible. Okay. So I have lots of questions because I'm trying to think if the listeners were listening to this and wanting to ask questions themselves, I know they're going to say like, how do you find somebody like that? But first of all, how do you even know to, where to go in Mexico? So let's start with Mexico first. How do you find where to go out of the U.S.? Great question. So, you know, as an integrative healthcare provider, I'm always learning new technologies, new treatments, new testing um, for my patients or God forbid, family members or friends. Um, so I've known about this place called Hope for Cancer in Cancun. Um, for a long time, never thinking it would be my story, just a great referral. I've known patients that have gone there and had a great experience. And so, um, yeah, I've just known about it for a long time and followed them and knew about it. But the second I got diagnosed and they told me I didn't have to get immediate surgery, I just knew I was like, this is a part of my story. I'm going to go there and I'm going to get my body as healthy as possible and Lord willing shrink it, which I have to tell you this, all the therapies I did shrunk the tumor almost in half in four months just prior to surgery, Wow, which is amazing. And I didn't actually find that out until after surgery, when I was getting all my reports, I was like, this seems a lot smaller. And so it really was encouragement to me of like all the things that I did invested in how I ate. I mean, we shrunk a brain tumor, which is pretty unheard of. So that's incredible. um, Yeah. I want to ask you more about that. And I want to ask you more about Mexico, but same type of question. How then did you find your Arizona surgeon? Yeah. So it's interesting. I kept hearing about from like my business partner, or like through a friend, like there's this place in Arizona, but I never had a name or a clinic or anything. Um, and so I was thinking, oh, it's just Mayo Clinic probably, you know, trying to do research, but I'm not going to just like Google neurosurgeon Arizona. And I actually reached out to a colleague. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, Nasha Winters. She's an integrative kind of oncology naturopath doctor, has a really neat story. She like beat cancer years ago and she equips people. And so anyway, I reached out to Nisha and I was like, hey, by chance, do you know of a neurosurgeon? And she said, I do. His name is Chris Smith at Barrows Neurological in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was like, boom, that's my person. So I found out about it through a colleague, not just like a Google search. And so I'm really, really grateful. A lot of times it is word of mouth. Once someone is diagnosed with some type of illness, it is reaching out to others. Hey, do you know anyone? Have you heard of anyone? You know, so. Okay, good to know. So now let's go back to Mexico. What were they doing in Mexico that you feel helped your body prepare for surgery? Yeah, so um, it's kind of like, I call it big kid camp. Like you go with your backpack every day to the clinic and you start with worship and prayer and they feed you really healthy food and they juice for you. I mean, it was kind of nice in some ways, you know? I mean, not why the reason why we were all there. And you do a lot of IVs. You do like high dose vitamin C, something called B- vitamin B17 that we can't get here in the States. Um, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, red light therapy beds, lymphatic massages, um, ozone. It really depended on where your cancer was. Like a lot of people that had breast tumors, you know, my br- my brain tumor was in a tricky spot because it's under the skull. So you can't do a lot of localized treatments. But a lot of people that had breast, you know, stomach, lung, whatever, they would do certain heat treatments and kind of this like ultrasound shockwave therapy um, over the tumors. So I couldn't do any of those, but it was very, you know, you go at seven o'clock AM, seven 30 treatment starts, and then you're there until two or three every single day, Monday through Saturday. And then you get Sundays off to be at the beach. So it was really nice and healing in a lot of ways. 
Oh, that is nice. So is this a center to help prepare bodies for cancer, help support bodies with cancer, or are they claiming they can heal people? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't know, I'm sure they have to be careful with their words and terms that they use too. But my interaction and my experience with people is that, because you know, for me, I'm in, and my whole family was nervous when I went because they're like, you have to guard your mind and your heart because you don't for sure have a cancer diagnosis. You're just going because you want to just get as healthy as possible and maybe shrink it. So everyone there, I was like the freak, you know, like (laughs) I haven't even had a biopsy yet. And so I was definitely a unique situation, but I will say a lot of my friends there and I've gone back, I went back after surgery as well to do a week of therapy. You know, some people, it was like their Hail Mary. They'd done so many rounds of treatments. It had come back. They ran out of options at their local hospital. So this was like Hail Mary, like, please let this work, you know? And then other people, you know, they had maybe tried the the conventional route and got really sick and decided I want to do this differently. There were only probably three people that I met um, that actually were there before they did any chemo or radiation. And so it's really a different, it's different for all people. And I know that everyone, no matter what stage they are or type of cancer, how aggressive, you know, that's, but I, I have amazing friends that like, one of my friends, actually, he was there with me. He was a nurse. So kind of interesting, another medical professional taking this approach. He had colon cancer and he did not do chemo or radiation. He did surgery and he followed the protocols and he has no evidence of disease. And wow. so, you know, that's not everyone's story, right. unfortunately. I think it depends on where you are in your journey. But um, I have another friend that is also just declared no evidence of disease with breast cancer that had metastasized. And so, yeah, it's really amazing the unique approach that they take. And it's I think what's interesting about cancer and what a lot of people don't understand is that just because it, for whatever reason, there were imbalances in the body that allowed the DNA to mutate. And so our normal immune system should go in there and correct it. You know, our bodies were made to heal. And at any given time, I don't know the statistics or the percentage, but there are cancer circulating cells in all of our body, but our immune system goes and corrects it. It's when it gets out of control and the DNA mutates, there's issues And so they really take a root cause approach to not just get rid of it, but also prevent recurrence. And so, yeah, a lot of people that have cancer, you know, they're like, oh, I had breast cancer 20 years ago, but then I ovarian came up, you know? And so I think that's, what's important that our traditional medical model is missing when it comes to oncology is how can we prevent recurrence? Or if someone's doing conventional treatments, then how can they mitigate some of the side effects and boost their immune system to do what it was created to do? That all is so fascinating. I have so many questions to ask you. So let's first start with if everybody has cancer cells in their body, what can people do to help prevent the cancer cells not from forming into a tumor? Does that come down to lifestyle factors and nutrition and things like that? Absolutely. All of the things that you and I probably just talk about on a daily basis, which begs the question, you know, and everyone rightfully so, Taylor, you're the healthiest person I know. What? How, how is this your story? But what people don't always know is that 10 years ago, I was really sick. I had parasites living abroad, all sorts of just crazy things, you know? And so I think that, you know, we tend to ignore our bodies and our symptoms when they talk to us. So if people have gut issues like bloating, constipation, that's not normal. If you're not having bowel movements, you're not detoxing, you can reabsorb toxins, chemicals, excess estrogen. So again, it just goes back to like supporting the body to how it was created to function, nourishing it with healthy food. I think, you know, getting outside sunshine, fresh air, that's so basic, but it can do wonders for the nervous system. Um, you know, detoxing, if people have hormonal issues, like getting to the root of that, you know, do they have estrogen dominance? Are they using chemicals that are mimicking estrogen in their body? 
Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, I don't want people to live in fear. And I think my story has probably put fear in people like, what the heck, if you're healthy. Um, but I really do remind people I was very sick years ago with mercury toxicity. I had parasites, gut issues. I was on thyroid meds, you know, and my body just wasn't able to keep up. And I think stress is really big too. No one pays enough attention to stress. Like it really taxes our bodies. It, re- um, so it really I think does. We just have to do the best we can, you know, and we can't control everything. And at days I'm like, wait, what? This is my story. But I've already seen so much purpose through my story, even in six months. And so I'm like, okay, never would have chosen this, but trust you, God, let's do this. Wow. That's a good attitude to have a really good positive attitude. Okay. So I'm curious when you heard your diagnosis, did you change foods you were eating? Like, did you eliminate some or add more in of some kinds? Yeah, that's a great question. And I will say, I mean, I was already pretty healthy, you know, so I I didn't make a whole lot of changes before surgery. Um, I will say after surgery and just recently this week. So I'm shy. I'm less than two months, you know, post brain surgery. Um, So the first like six weeks, I really just rested, focused on my nervous system, like didn't do a whole lot, ate healthy. But and we can get into more of what I'm doing now. But I have gone into more of ketosis now, which is really good for the brain. And so that's pretty drastic for me, because for someone that's already healthy to actually like focus on ketosis and blood sugar, that's a, that's a big change for me. Um, and you know, I was already really healthy, like I said, but you know, like the occasional simple meals, brownies and Capella's pizza. And, you know, I've kind of cut out grains and sugar and all of that. So that's a little bit of a change. Okay. I do want to ask you about the ketosis, but let's back up just a little bit. So you had the brain surgery after the brain surgery, did you have to do any radiation or chemo? I did not. And that's where I feel so grateful. My neurosurgeon said, you know, standard of care is you actually had these grade three cells, which is technically cancer. Um, but he said, we got it all out, which I'm so thankful. He was able to get all of the tumor out in the surgery. And he said, we're starting with a fresh slate and I know you're motivated and healthy. So instead of chemo and radiation, he actually recommended that I take a metabolic approach to this and get in ketosis. And so I just feel so grateful that I'm not, you know, some people it's like, if you're being pressured to do that and you feel otherwise, that's a really hard place to be in, like taking a different approach, not listening to your doctors. And so I'm very blessed. He told me, you know, just get in ketosis and we're going to monitor every three months with the MRI. Um, and so that's where I'm at right now, but a lot of people with my diagnosis will have undergone chemo or radiation. So was that your neurosurgeon or your oncologist suggesting this? That was my neurosurgeon. And then I also got it confirmed by another doctor that I work with. And she was like, I completely agree. She does kind of integrative oncology, Dr. Keneally. She's amazing. Um, she's really a functional medicine provider that works with a lot of oncology patients. And so I was like, I just need someone else on my team looking at my labs. I need a quarterback of my care team. And so she affirmed like, yep, I completely agree. And then my oncologist at Hope for Cancer said the same thing. Like you're motivated. You're doing all the things. They got it out. Don't worry about that right now. So when I had like three, four people confirming, like I didn't even follow up with my local oncologist because I didn't have a need to. Okay. That's actually really good to know. So now I'm curious about ketosis because I'm sure the listeners are like, why that route? So will you explain? Yeah. So I still think there's research to be done on brain tumors and ketosis. In fact, my neurosurgeon has done studies, but we know there's a lot of research to support people with epilepsy, with seizures, that ketosis is really, really helpful. And the brain technically is fat. It's composed of fat. 
So the idea of taking a metabolic kind of oncology approach to this brain tumor, preventing recurrence is what I'm doing right now, um, is really starving any glucose to the cancer cells um, or what could be cancer cells. Um, and yeah, high fat's just really good for the brain. And I don't have blood sugar issues. That's the hard thing for me. You know, like I have very balanced blood sugar. So that's what feels a little bit hard about this ketosis. And when I say ketosis, I want to clarify because most people think it's just like a T-bone steak and some cottage cheese for dinner, you know, which technically I guess that could be ketosis. (laughs) Um, for me, my approach is mostly low glycemic veggies. So like my plate last night was like tons of broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, Um, you know, and I, I do protein and I do a lot of healthy fat. Um, so the bulk of my diet is vegetables, you know, and getting those phytonutrients and antioxidants to decrease inflammation, support my body, anti-cancer properties. So I'm not doing just like, you know, meat and cheese all day. So yeah, that's the approach that I'm taking and where I'm at right now. And it's, it's hard because I have to track my blood sugar and my urine ketones as well as my blood ketones. And it's not something I've done perfectly. I'm day two today. So you're just <laughs> uh, starting this. I am. I'm excited to see how I feel, but it's interesting. I'm a very intuitive person. Like the way I do things, especially going through my health journey and my husband's like, this is kind of how you eat anyway. So it is true minus, you know, the occasional sweet treats and, you know, the swaps, the healthier swaps that you talk about. Um, But it's, I think it'll be good. And I think it, for me, I'm very motivated. You know, if I get to do this instead of radiation and chemo, like I'm in, you know, if I just change my diet, I'll do anything. Right. Okay. Will you tell the listeners, what are you eating for protein and what are you eating for healthy fats? Yeah. So I am doing like, I'm trying to think of like, what was yesterday's meal? Um, I do, you know, I do animal protein when I do animal protein, I do really clean source. So like wild caught fish, like free of heavy metals. I do pasture raised chicken, grass fed, grass finished ground beef. Um, so that's what I'll do for protein. I'll do eggs. Um, I'm trying to think. And then for healthy fat, I do a ton of olive oil. So that's where a lot of my calories are coming from. And in fact, I'm pretty small. I'm like five to 115 pounds. And so I don't have like a lot of weight to lose per se. So I am having to keep up with, you know, a lot of healthy fats. So adding chimichurri, um, like my own homemade, you know, olive oil with a bunch of herbs to things or just drizzling olive oil on top of my soup, my vegetable soup, um, some pestos, things like that. I'm like, I'm having to get creative to make it fun. But I would say I also do coconut milk and MCT and things like that for fat. But I've done my genetic testing and I do better with monounsaturated fats. So things like olives, olive oil, things like that is what I'm focusing on. Okay, thank you. I just know the listeners were going to ask me if, you know, if yep. I didn't ask you, you like, what, is she, <laughs> what is she going to or what is she eating? Okay, I know you just said that the ketogenic diet is good for the brain. The brain is made up of a lot of fat. But why exactly is it good for the brain? So it starves glucose to certain cells. Um, and then my neurosurgeon actually recommended that I take this approach. And so technically I'm following doctor's orders, but you know, it, when it comes to cancer diets, like there's different opinions, some people should go vegan, some people should do, you know, ketogenic. And so the more I feel better doing it anyway, but the more the providers that I'm working with, they like to take the metabolic therapeutic approach, which is living in ketosis Um, or getting metabolically flexible to where if you get in keto, your body will respond better. And, you know, instead of using carbs as fuel, you know, it uses fat as fuel. Okay. So I'm curious, are you wearing a glucose monitor to help? 
So I'm not, I'm putting it on tonight. I'm actually going to be, this is like something that I'm like, I don't have experience with this yet. Right. I've never had blood sugar issues, but I'm putting on a little freestyle Libre on my shoulder tonight. I'm going to have my husband do it. Cause I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> which needles don't bother me, but there's something weird about being stuck to you. So I'm going to do that. And then I also bought a little device called a keto mojo where you prick your finger um, and it checks ketones in your blood as well as your blood sugar. So I think I'll do the freestyle Libre just to kind of see how my body responds to foods. And then I'll check urine ketones. Um, but they do say that as your body shifts into ketosis, that's not the best way to track because you'll eventually stop, you know, excreting ketones in your urine. Um, so then that's what I'll, what I'll use the keto mojo to actually check. And there's something called a GKI, a glucose keto index um, that I want to aim for. And so, you know, I'll get into that in a few weeks, but right now I'm just, you know, it's hard for me. I don't want it to become this like eating disorder. Like I'm already healthy. So to feel like I have to track my blood sugar and stay in these windows, it feels a little restrictive. So that's why I'm giving myself grace and I'm slowly easing into the process and finding fun recipes, but I will, I will be curious to see how my body responds to foods and how my blood sugar responds to stress. Even, you know, I think that's where a continuous glucose monitor and being mindful, like what happens that day or even hormone cycles, you know? So I am excited for that, but I'm not wearing it now. So I'm curious because wearing glucose monitors, I feel like is really trendy right now on social media. I feel like every other person I follow is wearing one. So do you recommend that the average person wear a glucose monitor or not necessarily? I mean, not everybody, but I do think people, like you had said, people don't realize how much food affects our mood, our energy, our mental clarity. Um, So I do think it can be helpful and informative. I don't think it's necessary that everybody does it. But even my sister right now, she's wearing one and she's like, this has been the most eye-opening thing ever. Just to see how my body responds when I eat carbs with fat or protein or just when I have carbs by themselves. And so she's kind of tracking like my energy, my mental clarity, you know, she would get headaches and she's like, I'm realizing that's due to low blood sugar when I just get busy and forget to eat with the kids. And so, um, I do think it can be helpful and insightful. I don't think it's necessary. Um, but you know, if you are someone that wonders if you have blood sugar issues or get what we call hangry, like low blood sugar and shaky, um, I do think it could be really helpful. Yeah, I'm loving all the research out there about how blood sugar is affecting our different health issues. So I think if someone has a health issue and it could help them, then why not? But I don't think we all need to be wearing them every day. So thank you. I was just curious of your opinion. Yeah, and I think a two-week trial is perfect. Like I think if someone wants to do it for two weeks just to learn, that's great. Right. Okay, so I know you did some alternative treatments before this uh, surgery, like the red light, hyperbaric chambers, things like that. And I want to go over those, but are you incorporating those into your life now as a daily, not a daily, but like a maintenance program? Yes, and it is daily. It feels like a full-time job, if I'm being honest. So the first like four to five weeks of healing were, like I said, more nervous system, just rest, naps, baths, you know, time with my family. Um, but now I'm just started kicking up my healing protocol. So I take lots of supplements. Um, it would be so many to list, but I'm doing everything from Chinese herbs to homeopathy to vitamins, choline, things like that, that are good for the brain, carnitine, which is good for mitochondria. And so I'm on too many supplements to count. It's crazy. I'm really, I really enjoyed not taking supplements for a while. (laughs) Before we move on, how did you know which supplements to take? Are they just from your knowledge or a doctor is telling you which ones to take? 
my knowledge and research, but I also have to be the patient in this situation too. So Dr. Keneally has really helped me personalize that. And then I'm also really big, um, my kind of one of the things that I say is test don't guess, you know, what is best for your body. And so I do things like hormone testing and gut testing and nutrient testing. So I did really extensive panels on myself to see exactly what my body needs. Um, rather than just spending money and taking a bunch of random things that I think are good. And then there are things that have anti-cancer properties um, and things that are specifically good for the brain, you know, like um, choline and phosphatidylserine and things like that. So um, I'm working with Dr. Keneally and then I'm also kind of doing some of the stuff myself as well, but like Chinese herbs, I don't know much about that. And so she kind of helps me with that on, you know, just different things. And so it's a little bit of both. It's research, it's lab testing, it's another provider. Which I think is a great approach because I think all of us should educate ourselves and help to empower us to make good decisions, but we should also work with a practitioner who can help us know what's best for our body. So I love your approach you're taking. So, but besides supplements, you're now doing a lot of other things each day. I am. So, you know, no day's perfect. And I always say progress, not perfection, because if I don't get all my therapies checked off, like that's okay. Tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to try to incorporate them, but I'm doing, you know, high dose IV vitamin C, um, a couple times a month. I actually have that at my wellness center. So that's a huge blessing. I'm also doing IV ozone about twice per month. Um, I have a little hydrogen oxygen nebulizing machine. I'll do that a couple hours per day. Oxygen's really good for the brain, really good for healing. I'm doing red light helmet therapy. So a lot of people know about red light for skin benefits, wound healing. Um, but mine specifically is a helmet that sits on the top of my head and the fancy term for it is photobiomodulation. And so, um, what it does is it penetrates into the body tissue and it helps stimulate microcirculation. And what that does is it can help anything from healing, but a lot of people say it can increase blood flow and like enhance cognitive function. So for me, I'm not someone that has like dementia, any neurological deficits from surgery. Um, but I, I notice it helps. It gives me energy. I just have more mental clarity. And so I know that it's helping. And I did that prior to surgery, um, but I'm also doing it now. And then I have something called a photodynamic therapy watch. And I wear the watch and it has light and laser therapies that it goes throughout my body. Um, and then I've shared on Instagram, I wear these little nose pieces and these little ear pieces. I look like Rudolph cause it's like red light up my nose and red lights. It's really hard because the brain is difficult to treat. You know, it's not just like you can put something over it. You have your skull and all these protective layers. And so the reason I do the nose and the ear pieces with the, you know, the laser light therapy is so that it can kind of get to cross that blood brain barrier. And so there's different lights on the watch. I think there's like seven or eight, but every color has different benefits. So like the ultraviolet is antimicrobial. Um, the yellow light can help with detox pathways, mood, all sorts of things. And so I have my own little at-home clinic, <laughs> which I feel so grateful to have these resources at my house, but it's been an investment and it's hard. Like it really does feel like a full-time job right now, but I'm motivated. You know, I take detox baths. I do my sauna dry brushing, all the things that I normally did, but just kind of kicking it up a little bit more. Okay. So I was just going to ask you for someone who isn't necessarily healing from something, but want to just um, benefit from the health benefits of some of these things, what can they do that doesn't cost so much money? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I actually just did a blog post on this about like health on a budget, because let's be realistic. Not everybody has the resources for all the fancy, shiny things. And sometimes we just got to get back to basics. And so Things like walking, sunshine, fresh air, we like underestimate the power of those things. 
You know, you don't have to have an infrared sauna at your house. You can do really hot, warm Epsom salt baths with baking soda for detox properties. And if you want to get fancy, add some magnetic clay, um, dry brushing. That's a great way to support lymphatic pathways without, you know, paying for a lymphatic massage. Um, and I think sometimes we just forget that the food we eat is so powerful and healing for our bodies and, you know, not using chemicals in our home, like just using clean ingredients to clean our home and our laundry detergent that can have a really profound impact on our health. And so I think sometimes it's easy to be like, what's the new shiny thing? What's the trend? You know, and it, it does, it gets expensive and people get overwhelmed. And I just start with basics, clean air, clean food, clean water, get outside, get your feet in the grass. You know, those are all realistic things depending on where you live. Okay. So that you, can really be good. Yeah, I agree. You talked about detoxing, detox baths, saunas, things like that, that help with detoxing. Do you think everybody should be detoxing like on a regular basis? I mean, obviously our body is detoxing for us 24 seven, but do you think people should be doing something else to help support the body in detoxing? I really think it depends on the individual, which is probably such an annoying answer. Um, but I do think so many of us live in a toxic world. And I think if you have symptoms like headaches, PMS, painful periods, if you don't go to the bathroom every day, like those are all red flags that maybe you need a little bit more support. Definitely hormone and endocrine issues is a big red flag that you're not detoxing properly. Skin issues, eczema, acne, whatever it be. So I feel like those people need more, a little bit more detox or some sort of like personalization to help them. And I would advocate for a root cause approach because there's always no one asks the why question, you know, of like, why are you having these symptoms? And so I feel like if people are having symptoms, yes. Um, if you're also living your life and you're already using a lot of non-toxic things and eating healthy and hydrating, then like, don't stress, but like, you know, constantly help your body do what it was created to do, which is detox through urine, through sweat, which is one of the biggest red flags. If someone tells me they don't sweat, I'm like, oh my gosh, red flag, you're not detoxing. So, you know, just those are all symptoms are our body talking to us. And I feel like if you're someone listening that has symptoms, pay attention advocate for yourself. And if you've been to your provider and they tell you you're crazy or your lab work looks good and you know something's not right, go find an integrative functional medicine provider, nurse practitioner, naturopath, DO. I don't care who it is. You know, just I feel like so many people get called crazy because they're like, well, I have these symptoms, but my blood work's normal. And I'm like, they're not looking at the root cause or doing more in-depth testing. Right. I so agree with that. If you are feeling cruddy and your doctor isn't helping you find another one. There's no problem with just saying thank you for your time and moving on. But I do love that our body does detox, like you said, on its own. And just depending on your symptoms is sort of tells what your body needs or doesn't need. So thank you for that. Okay. Talking about detox and healing protocols, you just mentioned really quickly ozone therapy and hyperbaric chambers. So will you just tell my listeners what ozone therapy is? Yeah. So ozone therapy is essentially just like oxygenating the blood. There's different ways you can do it. Um, you have to have an ozone generator. Um, people have at home options or, you know, at my wellness center, we have like a more fancy one for like medical um, business, you know, operator type one. But with that being said, you can do rectal insufflations. You can do ear insufflations. So kids that have like ear pressure or ear infections, it can be really great. You can do nasal insufflations. You can't inhale it. So you have to be very careful how you do that. Um, and then I do ozone IVs. And so what they'll do is they'll take out my blood and then they will put ozone in it, which is just pure O3 oxygen. 
Um, and the idea behind that and the benefits is that it oxygenates the blood and it doesn't allow things like viruses, parasites, pathogens to live in there. And so for me, I have a crazy pathogen history. I had Lyme disease. And so that really helps. It's almost like filtering your blood and then giving it back to yourself via IV. Um, and then hyperbaric is really great. It's oxygen therapy. And so it's only FDA approved for things like diabetes, sores, and things like that, um, and wound healing. But I have so many people that either have access to chambers or have used chambers for concussions, traumatic brain injury, you know, so I obviously am doing the benefits for my brain, the oxygenation therapy, but it, from a cancer perspective, cancer hates oxygen. And so the idea is to flood the body with as many oxygenating therapies as you can. So that's why I also do my like hydrogen nebulized oxygen machine as well. Um, but yeah, those are two, I don't want to say trendy, but they're getting a lot more attention because of their benefits. So is the oxygen killing the pathogens and viruses yes. and things like that? Yes. It's basically rendering them ineffective. Like uh, basically if you think of cleaning an environment in which they can't thrive in. And so, yeah, essentially that's what we're doing. And it has a lot of great benefits. I mean, people with autoimmune disease, with viruses that they've had issues with, like mono, things like that, it can be really amazing and detoxifying too. So hyperbaric chambers are a way to get a lot of oxygen into the blood without taking the blood out of your body. Yeah, it's more of like a pressurized enclosed system that you go into. And most of them are for about an hour. Um, you know, and it's really interesting. I when I went back to Mexico to go do a week of therapies, I was about five weeks post op. Um, and I went to just go do a bunch of healing therapies and being at the beach was healing in and of itself. But I felt so much better in the oxygen chamber. And I think it's just because the the wound inside my head, even though I can't see it, you know, was just getting flooded with oxygen, which helps the body heal. Oh, that's so interesting. And so um, let's just tell the listeners that these therapies, the red light therapy, sauna, ozone, hyperbaric, all of these, they're great, not just for cancer patients, they're great for autoimmune patients and for patients dealing with inflammation, just the regular person dealing with inflammation. And like you said, concussions, headaches, migraines, you know, right? Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, I would say, so my wellness center in Texas, the majority of people, no one has cancer. Of course, more people are drawn to it because of my story, but it's like, you can do these things preventatively. You can do these things. If you're tired, you know, if you don't sweat, maybe start slowly working your way up in the sauna. Um, if you're inflamed, if you have autoimmune thyroid issues, lupus, any of those things, you know, they can help support our body. But yeah, I'm in the very extreme case of like prevention of cancer, but most everybody can benefit from them. Okay, so I know another question or worry that listeners may have is, shoot, she had no symptoms about this brain's tumor. She would never have seen it or known about it if she weren't doing some scan. So should the regular average feeling good person go do a scan? Like, should we all be doing scans on a yearly basis? What's your take on that? Yeah, well... My, my story has quite shifted because I would normally say, no, you know, like you're not going to go find things. Then after finding my brain tumor, I'm like, well, I think it could have saved my life. And so early detection and leads to early intervention, which leads to better outcomes. And so I'm like the poster child of doing an, a preventative scan. Um, very extreme though, a finding. And so I think that, do I think everyone could benefit? Sure. You know, the scan that I did can detect everything from tumors to like early MS detection to aneurysms that could be problematic, um, spinal issues, fatty liver. So 
I guess when I'm from a healthcare perspective, I think if our insurance companies paid for this once a year, I think that they would save so much money long term because we would be detecting things sooner to intervene earlier. Now, is it realistic for everybody to get one? Probably not. Um, the scan that I did, you know, it was gifted to me, but it's not cheap. It's a couple thousand dollars. And so not everybody has that money to spend, you know, and so and then I also know so many people are like, even if I had the access and funds, I don't think I'd want to because the anxiety and I'm like, well, me too, but I'm so glad I found out. <laughs> right. I know. And that's a really hard call because you don't want to make people stress over things because then the stress is worse than, you know, half the, totally. th- half the things we're eating and things like that. But then there's the insurance issue. People don't want to pay thousands of dollars for this or people can't pay thousands of dollars for this. So if the listener's like, well, I'm screwed, there's nothing I can do. Like, what do you suggest to just the average healthy person? Just keep living yeah. a healthy just lifestyle? live your life and you don't want to live your life in fear. And, um, you know, the neurosurgeon had only had one patient like me. No one has, does this via preventative scan. So the only time they had actually found another patient that didn't have symptoms of a brain tumor is a patient that was in a car wreck and they just did like a full body CT and they found that. Um, and so it really is unheard of, but I think my encouragement to listeners would be if something is off in your body, if it's recurrent headaches, if it is chronic gut issues, just listen to your body. Now don't get freaked out, but just listen because your body's talking to you. And that's where you take that information and go advocate to your healthcare providers. Because I think all too often, um, people just dismiss what's going on, whether it's PMS and heavy periods. Um, you know, that can be estrogen dominance, that's hormone imbalances, which can lead to issues later on. And so that's where I just, whenever you have symptoms, advocate for yourself, ask questions, educate yourself. Um, don't go down a Google rabbit trail, but like go to trusted, you know, experts and resources that have blogs or health articles to empower yourself and just pay attention to your body. Don't just like slap a pill for an ill, you know, I mean, there's a time and place for medication. Like I prescribe a few meds too. I'm a nurse practitioner. Um, I'm grateful for meds. They have their place, but don't just like dismiss if your body's having symptoms is kind of what I would encourage people to do. Well, and I've been learning that it is really important to listen to your body because what I've been learning is that a lot of people don't know how to, they Mm -hmm. really don't. When I say like, do you feel bloated or just after eating a meal? They're like, I don't know. I've never paid attention to that. Or I'll say like, do you know what you've eaten before you have your migraine or do you know what's triggering these migraines? No, I've never paid attention to that. You know, so it's like we've got to listen to our body and look at what we're fueling it and what's happening before conditions arise, things like that. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I have loved learning from you today, Taylor, and your story is just fascinating. And I know you're a wealth of knowledge for so many people to turn to. So thank you for everything that you have shared today. We've talked a lot about like the physical things that you've done, nutrition, the therapies. I am curious, do you think there's been a spiritual or energetic part to your healing as well? Absolutely. I'm like, we are not just physical bodies. And I think that is something that has carried me through and giving me hope beyond my circumstances when it comes to faith and like knowing that there's purpose in everything. And so that has been really important for me. I can't imagine neglecting that aspect because it is, it's a part of our journeys and our lives. And, um, I think absolutely. And then I think when it comes to energy too, I've done some, like, you know, I'm very like data driven. I love seeing lab tests, you know, but I'm, I'm, I think outside the box, but I've done some energy testing and like, you know, just some muscle testing with supplements. And I've been very like, Whoa, kind of freaks me out. That's like spot on. 
Um, but I do think there's something to it, you know, and I've, you know, I've even had to open my mind myself on this journey, but absolutely. Yeah. I always feel like when I was healing from depression, I took like an all whole approach, like there needed to be some spiritual healing, some emotional healing, some physical healing, some mental healing. You know what I mean? It was like full circle of health, not just one little aspect. I think it's so important. And it's like, you can eat all the healthy food and do all the healthy supplements. But if you're neglecting your mental health, your spiritual health and your stress and your sleep, you'll never fully heal. I agree. So um, I know my listeners are going to want to reach out to you, follow your story more. So tell my listeners where they can find you. You're sweet. So I have a website. It's taylordukeswellness.com. I have all sorts of health articles, blog articles. I do have a gut program, you know, that it's kind of a whole body reset with access to a stool test, my protocols, things like that. Um, but I also just show up on Instagram and I share a lot of this journey, the good, the hard, the real, um, my handle is Taylor Dukes wellness. And yeah, I've shared a lot of this journey and I plan to continue to, because I know it's helped a lot of people and I'm not going through this for nothing. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, you are such a wealth of knowledge. I want everybody to go follow you because it's been really fun following you. But as we wrap up here, are there any last tips that you would just give the listeners that are listening today? Yeah, I think this is probably a heavy episode for some people are like, what the heck is my headache a brain tumor? Like, just don't stress about every single thing when it comes to your health, but definitely advocate for yourself. And so many people settle for like, this is just how I feel. I have allergies. I'm bloated. I've always been this way. So just don't settle for less than ideal because, you know, we have amazing lives to live and we don't have to settle for feeling that way or taking that pill, you know, just to cover up a symptom. So that's what I would say. And then just getting back to basics. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. And I know a lot of the things that I'm doing, of course, I'm working on preventing cancer. So that's kind of an extreme situation. But just like you and I had talked about some of those just free things that, you know, sunshine, fresh air, meaningful relationships, spiritual practices, you know, I think people overcomplicate health. And sometimes we just need to get back to basics and get those in place. I agree. Thank you so much for being here today. I always close my podcast episodes with asking the guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. What would you say it is? Well, I would say recently the word presence comes to mind because with everything that I've been through, every moment matters. And so it's so important to be present, live in the moment, be intentional with the ones you love. And I feel like with social media and everything, you know, it can be a blessing in a lot of ways. We can educate people and equip them with resources, but it can be a huge distraction. And I feel like for me, I realized how distracted I was just living my life and how important it is just to be present in the moment. And every moment matters, big, small, you know, and so that's, that's what's been the secret ingredient for me recently is just really being present with those that I love. And if I'm working or if I'm on a podcast, I'm being present, I don't have distractions. And it's really helped, I think, my mental health and my nervous system, just not constantly having a million things going on. I'm sure your perspective of being present has completely changed after that diagnosis. And so I really love that tip. I love that idea of just being present in all that you do. Well, again, thank you so much for being here today. I have just loved visiting with you and I wish you the best of luck in your recovery and in your future health. And I know you will do the best you can for your body. And I just wish you the best. Thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you for having me.
Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.